This podcast is brought to you by Group Travel Videos. Welcome to Group Travel Gems, a podcast that features conversations with professional experts who specialize in promoting tourism in their particular area. So if you're looking to fill your itineraries with once-in-a-lifetime experiences from local experts, then stay tuned for an information-packed podcast. My guest today is Lindsay Hill. Lindsay is the Senior Manager for Tourism Sales for Destination D.C. She is a certified student travel professional and a certified travel industry specialist. And today, Lindsay will be helping us explore some of the many U.S. treasures that can be found in our nation's capital. Lindsay, thank you so much for being on the show. I am so thrilled to be here. So thank you so much for reaching out and having us be a guest on this wonderful podcast. Really excited to to chat with you today. And before we get started, Lindsay, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, your history in the travel industry, and your relationship with the D.C. area? Absolutely. So um, I actually grew up in um, Muncie, Indiana, um, and, you know, was definitely that student who had never traveled before that eighth grade field trip that we all know and love to Washington, D.C., and I simply fell in love during that trip and was determined to come back to to Washington uh, at some point in my life. Um, I, you know, was very familiar with group travel as well from an early age without really understanding that's what I was doing. Uh, I um, was in a youth choir and we happened to take a trip to Brazil, which was my first international trip and my first time on an airplane. Um, so those opportunities would never have been afforded to me without um, you know, my, my school and my, my choir providing student travel opportunities. So that's one thing that's very near and dear to my heart. But, um, you know, after going through college, I decided I wanted to pursue tourism. And this was the perfect opportunity to get myself back to D.C. I went to the George Washington University and um, got my degree in tourism. They have a master's in tourism administration there. Um, and decided I was never leaving. So it's uh, approaching 15 years in August of being a DC resident and proud Washingtonian. And um, so I did spend three years as a conference planner before transitioning to the leisure travel world and have now been with Destination DC for almost nine years. A very fun uh, journey I've had. It sounds like it has been. And it started with an incredible introduction with the choir trip you took to Brazil as a first experience. I mean, what a what a what a giant first step into the world of group travel. Absolutely, it, it let me tell you, any any time you can um, allow a, a student and a child to go on those trips, I would say make it happen. I agree one hundred percent, and it's pretty eye opening to see that. You know, you are living proof of how much of a profound impact and how much positive of an influence that travel can have on an individual and on the potential career and life choices that stem from those new perspectives. So, you know, you truly are living proof that travel changes lives. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So, Lindsay, after living in D.C. for 15 years and your experience in the industry, I would imagine that you have a pretty good understanding of what's going on in the D.C. area. So with all that experience, what would you say are the most common destinations and attractions 
for group travel. Yeah, I, the the most common, the most things uh, people are familiar with when they think about Washington D.C. First of all, is the National Mall, um, which is a, a National Park Service land, a huge green space for the city um, that you know houses the monuments and memorials as well. So those are sort of you know if you're first time to D.C., that's what everyone wants to you know do that tour, see those monuments and memorials, which are absolutely stunning. Um, and uh, then, you know, kind of from there, it's the U.S. Capitol and the White House and the Smithsonian Museums. Um, and, you know, some people come and they, they think there's maybe one or two museums. Um, we actually have uh, 16 Smithsonian Museums in, um, in Washington, D.C., and as well as the National Zoo. Um, and there's, so there's lots on the National Mall, but uh, just a reminder, there's a, a ton of options um, scattered all throughout the city. But those are really the first things people sort of gravitate towards. What would you suggest just that area? Like, what's a good time span for, for a group to be able to actually see and really cover the area and get a good understanding of what just, just that little pocket right there has to offer? Just for, I mean, you could spend an entire half day in just one Smithsonian, um, depending on your interests, you know, of, of different topics. So, you know, we typically see groups stay in D.C. Um, three to four nights, but um, you could definitely spend two weeks and not see every museum that our city has to offer. I'm glad you said that. That actually leads me to my next question. And for yourself personally, after all the time you've spent in D.C., would you say that you feel like you've seen most of what D.C. has to offer? Or do you find that you're still unearthing new things here and there? There's absolutely always something to unearth. I definitely say that after 15 years, there are still things that I um, have not had the opportunity to explore yet. I think though I have been to every Smithsonian museum at this point and all most of the museums and uh, parks in the city. So I do get out and um, explore frequently, but uh, it does take quite a while to get to all of those areas. I'm sure you can spend a lot of time at each one of those museums. And it's really great to hear that even after 15 years that you're still finding new things that pique your interest. Are you looking for ways to bring your groups closer together while also adding extra value to their experience? Then you need the Group Travel Videos app. The app has all of the essential tools you need to keep your travelers safer and better connected throughout the trip. Listen throughout the podcast to learn more about the Group Travel Videos app. Can you share with our listeners some things you've discovered that really aren't as widely known and are considered to be more of a hidden gem of the city or the region as a whole? So there's a lot of hidden secrets to Washington, D.C. And I will say, too, as well, we're known um, primarily as a student group destination, but we are fantastic for groups of all ages and sizes. Um, so we're a really young active and family-friendly town. I kind of describe DC as a small town within a big city. Um, I frequently run into people I know on the metro and in neighborhoods and, and just, um, you know, going to dinner. But um, the primary age group of, of our town is, you know, 25 to 45 years old. Um, so people are out all the time. And so I think that's something that is surprising to people that, you know, our restaurants are always busy people are out and about at theater shows and everything else. Um, you know, we have over 100 free things to do that includes the Smithsonian's and the zoo and um, a bunch of other hidden um, 
hidden things. So um, there's definitely something to touch on anyone's uh, bucket list or any things that uh, people, you know, want to explore. But um, a quarter of our city is actually green space. And that's also something that people don't really recognize. So those active people who like to be outdoors, there's Rock Creek Park, which is um, our urban oasis that is twice the size of Central Park in New York City. We have the National Arboretum, um, which has a grove of straight state trees, as well as the original columns of the Capitol building. Um, there's so many water activities. We have two rivers that we utilize and have wonderful waterfronts, um, and uh, as well as a great walking and biking town um, and lots of hiking trails. Um, we're very art forward. There's a huge theater scene here in DC. Um, you can even, you know, people think of Ford's Theater just as the historic site um, where, you know, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, but they also are uh, a living memorial to the love of theater that he had. So they do four shows a year. Um, there's concert venues. We are the birthplace of go-go music. It's our official music. Um, jazz, Duke Ellington was a Washingtonian. We have murals all over the city. Um, and then there's hidden art at places like the St. John Paul um, Shrine, which has Marco Rupnik mosaics in the chapels. The Library of Congress, which is floor-to-ceiling art. Um, it's not just a library. It's a, it's a living art piece. And um, the Phillips Collection, which was the first modern art museum in, um, in America. So uh, and apart from that, too, if you want some good food, we are the town for it. We're the only the fifth city with a Michelin guide. Since we don't have skyscrapers, there's tons of opportunities to enjoy uh, food and drink on our rooftops and see the views. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's a lot. Wow, there certainly is a lot of interesting little hidden gems that are sprinkled throughout the city. Um, for those that are listening that do have the luxury to spend more time in the city and to really take a closer look at some of the things you just mentioned, where would you suggest that they look to learn more? Well, you absolutely want to check out our website, uh, washington.org. Um, we have a ton of um, information. We're neighborhood-focused uh, city, so you can go there to really just get a rundown on what's available in each of our neighborhoods. Um, but we also have articles um, based on topics or also like if you do want to dine at a rooftop, what are the best rooftops in the city? What's the best brunch places? What's, and we have a running list of calendar events um, and even a, a weekend roundup um, that's put out weekly as well. So you can see what's happening for the weekend. And so for the listeners, they can find all of that information at Washington.org? Absolutely. And then within Washington.org, we have a dedicated groups page where you can find sample itineraries as well. Oh, okay. So you have different types of itineraries for different, you know, interest groups and niches that are already available and pre-made? We sure do. Absolutely. Yes. Um, all sorts of different topics for everyone's desire. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I just want to remind everybody that's listening, if you do want to learn more about some of the things that Lindsay just mentioned, you can find those resources and those links down in the show notes of this episode of this podcast. Have you ever worried that you've misplaced one of your travelers? With the Group Travel Videos app, you won't have to anymore. 
With the group mapping and safety feature, group leaders can look at their phones and see a satellite image of all their travelers' locations. Travelers can also use the safety map to navigate their way back to the rest of the group. Save time and peace of mind with the Group Travel Videos app. Listen throughout the podcast to learn more. Let's, let's focus on group travel for a second again. And are there any attractions or destinations where traveling as a group would actually be more of an advantage than if you were to travel, you know, on your own or as a couple? Absolutely. So we are a group friendly town. Like I said, uh, we, we welcome over 1 million students alone um, each year. Um, so, you know, within the Smithsonian's, there are hidden docent tours or workshops or special you know activities that can be done for groups um, the same with you know the library of congress you can book a private docent tour and again because you know uh, these are free entities those experiences are also free but um, looking at some other areas of the city some of our neighborhood options you know the national cathedral um, has specialty tours like the, um, they have gar gargoyles on the inside and outside of the cathedral. They do tours to kind of point those out. There's a Darth Vader um, gargoyle as well, but they do tour and teas, which are really cool. Um, the Museum of the Bible and the International Spy Museum, again, have workshop entities or specialty tours they can only do as groups. Um, President Lincoln's Cottage, uh, which is where he wrote the Emancipation Proclamation in um, one of our northern neighborhoods um, has a lot of awesome um, offerings. Hillwood Estate Museum and Gardens um, and our tech house as well, which is a uh, really cool digital art space um, that can, you know, uh, work with groups for even uh, private night events. Um, I would also say that something really awesome about the city is, like I said, we're neighborhood centric. So uh, walking tours of our different neighborhoods to really dive into the histories, especially of our historic U Street, which was known as Black Broadway, um, is is really something special. And I think, uh, again, you can do privately for groups and they can craft exactly uh, work with you to craft that tour to be what you want and to focus on what the group would be most interested in. You mentioned that DC has over a million students traveling inbound. Um, what would you say are the most popular times for student groups traveling inbound like that? We see uh, student travel um, in the springtime. So it starts March and now uh, extends all the way through June. Um, this is also our Cherry Blossom Festival time period. So spring in DC is a very um, active uh, and popular time of year. So um, that's, but it, it fits in with spring break and, and near the end of the year when those students are allowed to, um, you know, leave, leave their schooling for a week. Yeah, I can totally see why too, because springtime up there from the images that I've seen and, and all of the cherry blossoms and everything just fully in bloom, it is absolutely stunning. It's definitely something you need to, it should be the one of the bucket list items to at least experience once, um, you know, the cherry blossoms and peak bloom. When is that peak typically? It varies from year to year. Uh, it really is uh, dictated by the weather. Um, so at the beginning of March, the National Park Service and the National Cherry Blossom Festival uh, organization will do a press conference and they'll sort of give those uh, dates on when they think peak bloom might be. But as we saw, um, as we've seen in, in years, 
that can change depending on if it gets too warm or too cold. Um, so it's really sort of you you have to kind of watch and it's a bit of a gamble, but um, it's it's still fun to no matter what the festival is three weeks of of activities. Um, you know, with a kite festival and a fireworks sh show, Palooza, which is a, our wharf neighborhood traditionally, and a bunch of other activities and they do throughout the entire festival time period, ending with the very famous parade. It sounds like a really active and fun-filled spring. You heard it, folks. Cherry blossoms in full bloom. Add it to your bucket list. Group communication is essential when managing large groups of people. So how are you currently communicating with your groups? With the Group Travel Videos app, GLs can send messages to an entire group, create smaller subgroups, or message individual travelers without requiring any passenger information, like phone numbers or email addresses. It only takes seconds to set up and is an easy way to manage your group communications. Listen throughout the podcast to learn more. What other times of the year would you recommend people consider visiting DC? I personally think September and November are really great times to visit. Uh, these are a bit quieter. So there's not the, you know, necessarily the level of group visitation. So, you know, um, when you're looking at ease of getting attraction tickets or potentially better rates at hotels, those are going to be some better options. Um, but not just for price wise, but because the weather is beautiful. Um, September, you know, is still fairly warm here, but we're starting to cool off. You have the fall foliage. Um, even if you go out into, you know, Virginia and the Shenandoah and see all of the beautiful fall um, foliage out there, it's quite stunning. Um, and November as well, you know, as we start to, people start to quiet down as we look to the holiday season. Um, it's still a very lovely time. There's, and there's always so much to do. So, um, there's, you know, never a bad time to visit Washington, DC, but then really for, uh, the holidays, there's a lot that happens in Washington, DC for the holidays. Um, we have the, the national Christmas tree. We also, there's also a tree at the U S Capitol. We have the national menorah. We have holiday markets. There's a Christmas boat parade that happens. Um, zoo lights at the national zoo and specialty theater shows. Um, and there's actually even nightly caroling at the Willard hotel and they really decorate so beautifully their space. Is there ever a time where there isn't anything going on in D.C.? Absolutely DC? not. We are always moving and shaking. There's never a dull moment. I am glad that you mentioned some of the festivals and events. Would um, would you say, are there any annual events that people should really want to know and to book on their calendar? Yes. I'm so glad you asked that question. So um, we also have in May, we have Passport D.C., um, so, uh, you know, being the nation's capital, we are home to a lot of embassies, um, you know, uh, over 200 embassies are housed uh, here in D.C., a lot of them in our section called Embassy Row. Um, and so we have uh, an organization, Cultural Tourism D.C., that puts on this Passport D.C. event. So the first two Saturdays in May, um, there's actually open houses where the embassies open their doors and they celebrate their cultures, traditional dress and food and music. Um, so you get to really travel the world for free. This is a, f a free event. Like I said, most things in Washington, D.C. are absolutely free to enjoy. Um, in June, we have 
the jazz festival. Like I said, we're one of the birthplaces of jazz. So this is um, a constantly growing festival for us and it definitely takes over the city um, with the uh, major headlining weekend usually balling over Father's Day weekend. Um, July 4th obviously is, is really big for us and celebrating um, independence um, with huge fireworks shows. But also during that time period, we have the Smithsonian Folklife Festival, which um, sits on the National Mall um, and celebrates. They choose um, a few different cultures or major topics to highlight and actually bring in artisans and chefs and storytellers and poets from the country themselves that they're highlighting. And those are just a few of, of the things that we celebrate throughout the year. So it sounds like you have a, an active summer. Yes. A beautiful spring, yes. an incredible winter, yes. and fall is also pretty pretty spectacular in itself. Oh, it's so great. It's, I love it. It's, love it's it. amazing being here. <laughs> you mentioned July 4th, and I never really thought about this, but do you see a pretty pretty large increase in group travel there, or is that more of a local celebration? Actually, yeah, this is one of the hidden times where it would be really great to bring a group we don't see that many um, because i think it's you know a lot of people use it as as sort of their vacation beach time they don't necessarily think of dc and then some of our local residents are, are going out potentially to with their families on their own holidays so it's actually a fantastic time to do a group tour um, you you really won't see um, a lot of of increase in your uh, hotel you know rates for that time so it's it's a uh, one of those hidden secrets. That does seem like a great time too, because like you mentioned, people are typically busy doing other things, and they might already have other vacations scheduled. Uh, and you know, although a beach is nice, it's great and all. How often do you get a chance to see our nation's capital on its birthday? Plus, like you mentioned, it's less crowded, the rates are more affordable. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a really a unique experience in itself. With so many historical sites and once-in-a-lifetime moments you can guarantee that your travelers are taking pictures. But how do you share those photos with the rest of the group? With the Group Travel Videos app, your travelers can share and save their favorite memories in one centralized location. It's like a private social network that is exclusive only to your passengers. Now you can take your group photos using only one camera and share them with everyone in seconds. Listen throughout the podcast to learn more. Okay, so let's let's do a hypothetical really quick. Let's say you you have some friends or family that were coming up to visit you for an extended weekend, four or five days, and they've never been to DC. What are three absolute musts that you'd recommend and take them to go do? So I tell everyone that you have to see the monuments and memorials at night. Absolutely. Uh, even if you see them during the day, you should see them during the day so you can, you know, really dive into the history and, and have your guide walk you through all of that and take, you know, your, your photos in the daytime. But at night, the National Mall just transforms into this lit up, twinkling, gorgeous um, environment. Like after 15 years, if I go down at night to, to like the Lincoln Memorial and look back at the Capitol, I'm just take it my breath is taken away every time um so 100 percent see the monuments at night um i also again i'm uh, pretty active i like to be outdoors um and so i truly enjoy i even got my mom to do this um kayak on the potomac river 
uh, so you can rent for an hour or two hours, a couple hours, um, and they also, but they also do uh, guided tours. This is also something a group can do privately, um, and you can actually, you know, kayak past the Lincoln Memorial, um, and or uh, we have Tody, Teddy Roosevelt Island right there as well that you can kind of circle around. Um, and then lastly, I, I mentioned our food scene. Um, one thing that is truly special about DC is that outside of Africa, we have the most Ethiopians um, in in our region um, in terms of a community. And so Ethiopian food here is truly authentic. I think it's one of the most amazing foods. Um, some, you know, some people don't enjoy it, uh, but it's definitely one of those things that you must try while you're here. At least try it. 100% on the Ethiopian food. That, yeah. that sounds incredible. Yes. You mentioned the, the monuments and going there in the evening. Is there a time that it closes down where it's not open to nope, the public? It's a um, open air museum. Uh, obviously, you know, there is, is a time where the National Park Service rangers are no longer there, but in terms of they don't have gates or anything that uh, close up the monuments, no. Is there a time where things do start to slow down in the park and uh, start to migrate towards other parts of the city? <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I would say as anybody would when you're reaching, you know, after dinner and kind of winding down your day. So, um, but, you know, in summer when uh, the sun doesn't set until nine o'clock, you'll still see people out about. Um, so I would say um, probably later in the evening than you would expect. Okay, great. Excellent. Well, let's fast forward a little bit and take a look down the road. Is, is there anything on the horizon for D.C. that you're really looking forward to? Yes. We always have new things coming to us. Um, and as even, um, you know, here recently, we've had new monuments and museums join our Washington, D.C. tourism family. So um, we have Planet Word, which is um, the first uh, fully voice activated museum in the world that uh, is now available. Um, the National Building Museum, which has been a, a mainstay in D.C. for many, many years, um, just did a renovation. So they have new layout, new exhibits. Um, and we also are um, going to be welcoming soon a National Museum of the American Diplomacy, which is run by the State Department. Um, and in terms of monuments, we also now have a uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower Memorial, uh, which again is, is spectacular at night. There's a scrim that uh, artistic rendering of um, the beaches of Normandy. Um, we also have now a National Native American Veterans Memorial, which sits on the ground of the Smithsonian National Museum of the American Indian. Um, we, and also we are looking forward to welcoming some indoor uh, mini golf or putt-putt, depending on your area of the country, um, in some of our indoor spaces, which are great for nighttime activities for student groups. And um, we're a huge sports town. That's also something people don't always think about. Um, but we Washingtonians are loyal sports fans. Um, we've had a ton of wins in recent years. You know, the Washington Nationals baseball team or the 2019 World Series champions, our Washington Mystics, which is our women's um, NBA team, uh, took the title in 2019 as well. We also have major teams in football, hockey, and soccer 
but we look forward to them continuing their streak of being the champions. And um, we can't wait to continue to welcome large sporting events to the city in our new and forthcoming venues. So you have sports, you have history, you have government, uh, art, music, festivals. I mean, it's, it really seems like DC has it all. Something for everybody, 100%. Not only does the Group Travel Videos app increase your passengers' safety and communication while on tour, but after the trip, Group Travel Video's team of professional editors will hand create a custom-made keepsake video for all of the travelers to enjoy, download, share, and save so that they can remember the trip of a lifetime and relive those memories with their family and friends back home. Stay tuned to the very end to learn more about a special offer if you'd like to include Group Travel Videos into your next group travel experience. Well, Lindsay, I'm always curious to know about other travel stories and just interesting places that people have visited in the world. So can you tell the listeners and myself your, the top two or three favorite places that you've seen and visited in the world? So I don't know if I can pick just two or three. I My goal is to visit as many places as possible. Um, I have two continents left um, and I want to get to all of them. Uh, so I try not to revisit places per se, but um, I do uh, gravitate towards active holidays that are very immersed in culture. Um, so I've done a walking holiday of the Madeira Island of Portugal, and uh, that was a spectacular experience. I highly recommend a, a walking holiday. Um, they also have some of the U.S. as well. Um, and so now we do have one booked for, for Greece in the near future. Um, it's one of the best ways to, to see the, a destination. So what are the other two continents that you plan on traveling to? <laughs> so the two on my list, um, I need to get to Africa and Antarctica. Nice. Very cool. What part of Africa are you thinking about? That's really hard because it, it, it's there's so many unique places within Africa. Um, so I've, I've um, heard from my colleagues that South Africa is quite stunning. Um, you know, um, Egypt would be definitely, uh, as a history buff myself, something that would, would be super awesome to check out. Um, so yeah, I think those would probably be the, the two focuses first. So you mentioned that when you were traveling to the Madeira Islands that you took a walking tour. And for some of the listeners that might not be familiar, can you tell us exactly what a walking tour is and what someone could expect from something like that? Exactly how it sounds, you walk. Uh, it, they have companies who have organized itineraries where you, uh, they have different hikes or walks set up for you each day. Um, so we would um, get picked up from our hotel uh, driven to the starting points, and we would have a booklet that had step-by-step -step guide of of walk this far, then you turn left, and then you know you either end up back at your hotel at the end of the day, or they um, a place where they pick you up. Um, and so you, I think you know, one day we went, we walked through mountains with sea views, and one day we were in a treetop plateau forest, and. Um, but yeah, you are, it's, it's a good 10 to 12 miles walk each day. Would you say that walking is, is a pretty good way to explore DC? 
we have constantly, consistently been named one of the most walkable cities in the United States. So it is one of the best ways to see the city um, because you can get from the National Mall to uh, our neighborhoods and see everything in between. Um, and the beauty of the city, that way you really get to take in those green spaces that we've talked about. Um, and uh, the sidewalks are big, it's meant for walking, and so it's definitely my best suggestion for getting around. It sounds like a beautiful area. I, I love that you mentioned being active and wanting to be, uh, you know, getting out and, and, and moving during your tours and when you're seeing the world and, and, and going to all these new destinations. And it sounds like D.C. is just right, right up there for, for anybody that's looking to be active. Any history buff, I mean, it really just has it all, doesn't it? It, it does. It absolutely does. Um, and I am always happy to talk with anyone who wants to know how to change up their DC visit. Um, I'm always available for inspiration. Excellent. Excellent. Well, for all our listeners, if you are interested in learning more about Washington, D.C. and everything that it has to offer, or you want to start building your itinerary or sampling some of the ones available to you, you can find all those resource links down in the show notes below. And Lindsay, once again, I just want to thank you for sharing your your time, your experience, and your passion for Washington, D.C. with us. Thank you so much. I so appreciate you having us. And yeah, we'll look forward to future conversations. Thank you for listening to the Group Travel Gems podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast so that we can continue to grow the show. You can listen to the Group Travel Gyms podcast on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Links mentioned in this episode will be available in the show notes. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, you can also send us an email located in the show notes. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for the best group travel app to help bring your travel groups closer together, then you should really look into the Group Travel Videos app. It literally has everything your group needs to have a better and safer group travel experience. Locate all of your travelers in one place with an intuitive group mapping feature while also giving your travelers the tools they need to reconnect with chaperones if they get separated. For better group communication, group leaders can send easy group messages to the entire group at once and create smaller subgroups for their chaperones for a more targeted conversation with your travelers. With easy document sharing and a private photo gallery, you can share your group's photos in a private space with everyone on the trip and their family members back home. Then after the trip, Group Travel Video's team of professional editors will hand create a custom-made keepsake video for all of the travelers to enjoy, download, share, and save so that they can remember the trip of a lifetime and relive those memories with their family and friends. And best of all, your travelers can utilize these safety and communication tools without requiring any phone numbers or email addresses from anyone in your group. To learn more, visit grouptravelvideos.com. That's grouptravelvideos.com. And for listeners of this podcast, enter promo code HIDDENGEMS to save 20% off your first group order. That's grouptravelvideos.com and promo code HIDDENGEMS. That's Group Travel Videos, bringing your groups closer together through safety, communication, and memories.